Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely, or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we are watching Sorcerer Snacks Scare. Memorize it. Oh my god. I thought I had it memorized, and then I was proven false. Every fucking time, was proven audience, extremely false. Every time he gets the chunk of words to say. Because yeah, here's the thing. The computer used to be much closer when we recorded the opening. And nowadays, it's it's just like a foot farther, and my eyes are no good. Where are your damn glasses, then? I don't know. I don't leave the house. So most things aren't that far away from me. And yet... Things in this house are farther away from you than a foot. Yeah, but I don't need to see them at such detail. You know, I'm, I don't have to go down a hallway and see somebody's face that I recognize and know who that is. I just have to watch the TV. You didn't do that before. I, I did. You don't know Work Billy. Work Billy was a totally separate man with a separate life, separate wife, separate kids. Why don't you go <laughs> fucking bother her every once in a while then? Well, because it was, it was honestly just another voice I did, and it wasn't <laughs> one of my best. Kids are pretty good. We miss you, Daddy. Yeah, that's, that's great. So Sorcerer Snacks Scare. At first glance, puppets. Yeah. That's the big headline here is that we're so doing puppets. You just just went ahead and had an orgasm and then went on your your merry way. I got pretty you excited. Were, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy a puppet show. I, and this one... um, Is bad. Well, it doesn't... It's... It is hand puppets. And it is very similar to what Daphne does in the first episode. They make a lot of allusions to Daphne's puppetry. But with it, it has the added caveat of also being a serial commercial. The aforementioned sorcerer who snacks these... Well, no, it's, it's a snack commercial. Well, how do you feel about this? I feel like it's cereal. I feel like it's crackers. Crackers makes more sense. But why Most would people... you have a mascot? Crackers are more adult. You don't have cracker mascots. Goldfish? It is the snack that smiles back. Bitch, you're going to lose this argument. I work in a grocery store. You do. You know all the cracker people. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I don't see cereal because cereal is something that 99.9% of people eat with milk. And Scooby Snacks mm. have always been something that's been eaten dry. And I notoriously eat my cereal without milk. Yeah, because you're a fucking weirdo. It's part of my skewed perspective on the world. You're fucking weird world that you live in, milkless. No wonder you're so frail and brittle. Fed your lucky charms without any milk. That's true. I drank milk with dinner. It wasn't the milk itself I had a problem with. It was the milk and cereal in combination. Why? It got soggy. Eat it, then. You can eat a bowl of cereal before it gets soggy. I can eat a bowl of cereal dry! You're missing the point <laughs> of it not supposed to be well, you know, dry. You know what? Here's the thing. Was never a big fight as a child. As a child, I had no idea I was breaking the law. <laughs> it was only later on talking to other people when they were like, "The thing you did was very weird." Yeah. Whereas I think my parents just couldn't be bothered to put it down. I think I said I don't want milk, and they were like, "Fine, just have it." We're tired. We have three children. You're only one of them. And that is a spotlight on the Seaguire family and why they're all fucking nut jobs yeah. that should be well, avoided. I mean, you know what? It's another episode with a villain with a big beard, so that's on brand. Sure. At first glance, are they reusing the sorcerer from the Wimbledon episode way back when? Because they do the whole backstage rage type puppetry yes. shit, but then they don't do that enough that it's like... That's the villain of the piece, whereas this wizard looks a hell of a lot like the one that they did at Wimbledon, which, I mean, all wizards look the same, I guess. The, well, that, ah, here's, here's the interesting thing. That also wasn't a wizard. It was the warlock of Wimbledon. So we're getting all, just all sorts of casters in the mix here in Scooby-Doo. Uh, where is the warlock itself? Well, oh. I, no, well, yeah. Which one? Okay, so it's not the Wimbledon warlock I was thinking of. There <laughs> no, this, this guy looks like a fucking Marvel character, so definitely not. The Scooby-Doo show, in like the opening credits, there's like a wizard that I'm pretty sure is in purple that like casts a spell at them. I don't know if we ever see him, to uh, be honest, wiz that I'm thinking of Wizards it. and warlocks, I think. And yeah. this this is another... T so this is a wizard. This is what a Scooby-Doo wizard looks like. Looks an awful lot like a Scooby-Doo sorcerer. It certainly does. So why do we have a combination of a wizard and backstage rage? I really need them to start reusing old enemies more frequently, or I'm just going to keep getting more and more pissed off that they fucking screwed over the green ghosts. <laughs> Yeah, it's odd. Like, either They've go whole Elias hog Kingston with it. Mm -hmm. And the green ghosts. And that is it. And it's like, why have you done this? Who was the actual villain of the backstage rage? The puppets? Yeah, was it just that? Was it there just a was, myriad of puppets? There was a large Viking puppet that screamed at them several times. Okay. There was a lady dog puppet. I remember the very lady dog. Scary, very scary yeah. poodle puppet. I mean, here, the, the main element they seem to be reusing from Backstage Rage is the puppeteer character, who we'll later meet. He is named Piero. Whereas in Backstage Rage, the character was named Pietro. And looked completely different. But was he named Pietro? Or yeah. did he just work at Pietro's Puppets and he was like, I'm Phil. <laughs> I, I would argue that it was probably Pietro himself. <laughs> Phil. 
It's a name. It is. <laughs> Not one you'd see in Scooby-Doo, but... Just a man's name. If I go to Scoobypedia and look up Phil, how many people do you think I'll find? Probably, probably just... a lot. Actually, probably a lot, because this is annoying me. Fandom.com, which is like what the wiki, the fan wikis have turned into, I can't just search Scoobypedia now. If I go to Scoobypedia and search for Phil, I'll get Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'll, well, I will get Phil from Rugrats. I guess you better not do that and give us a premise. Let's get this show on the road. The gang goes to a snacks factory where the mascot sorcerer is scaring everyone away. Beautiful premise work. Much better straight, than the last Straight one. off the bat, that tells me everything I need to know. A mascot sorcerer. The Velma Vision, starting here. She opens this episode bitching about the slogan that these are the best sna- snacks ever because she's all just like, well, taste is subjective. You can't just call your thing that. Clearly, taste is suggestive. Look at your fucking hairstyle. <laughs> I mean, she understands marketing, right? No, she doesn't. She understands that maybe you can put a little whimsy, a little bit of, like, oh, this might not be true, but here you go. I think, like, one of my favorite things about Velma through the years is just how sarcastic she's been. Yeah. Mystery Incorporated Velma was very sarcastic. That was the height of it. Very nihilistic. She... She is supposed to understand the world beyond black and white. Yeah. And then this Velma approaches it straight on with facts and logics and statistics, son. And I just hate it. Like, oh my god. People can say that something is the best thing ever and you don't have to chime in with taste is subjective. You're right. Velma is is no longer a straight man, it seems. And yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on the roles becoming undefined in this series. The the threads are being pulled to a point where it's it, it doesn't have that magic structure that Scooby-Doo has had. Well, where you actually like make your characters people mm-hmm. instead of flat empty well, caricatures? Even I, I, I wouldn't even say that. I would say functions. A lot of Scooby-Doo has had the character as, as functions. I talked a lot about that in some of the video game episodes. But here those functions are soft. And then I, I have more, but both of my notes are about the Scooby snack thing. And I really want to introduce that with Shaggy and Scooby. Okay. And I will say the only other thing worth noting for Velma is that she has thrown something and she doesn't catch it. Because she says Velma doesn't catch. Again, bring your memory back to one <laughs> series past where Velma caught that heart of the jaguar. They were throwing it all over the place. Thrown at her. Because that was a gang in perfect harmony. This a gang that was in sync. Look, I get it. I, I suppose the stakes were a touch higher, but at the same time. And, and you know what? I, I'm fine with that as a character trait. Velma, well... Velma as a klutz, because you already got Shaggy and Scooby in the mix. You already got danger-prone Daphne. Like, yeah, the difference between unathletic and klutz is a very thin line, and it if you've already got klutzy characters, it just gets even more muddled. Mm-hmm. We get like it. I, She's I, a nerd. She doesn't do sports. Ugh, she plays like, D&D on the weekend. Like, at, like, at this point, you should have, like, Fred running 50 feet in front of everybody, and the other four of them just falling on their asses. Probably. 
Uh, and speaking of Fred, first of all, Fred spends a lot of this episode telling Daphne no puppets. He is not going down the puppet path again. This is not the continuity that I wanted from the characters. Nope. This is not the growth that I wanted. It's a running gag about a gang that don't like each other. <laughs> it's, it's Fred saying, no, Daphne, this thing you like is bad. Fred also goes on a bit of a power trip with bribery. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he doesn't want to walk somewhere because it's messy. This place is very dirty. And I'm wearing white, is his exact <laughs> quote. God, does he say that? Yes. So he gets Shaggy and Scooby to hoist him upon their shoulders. Oh. The only time Fred should be hoisted is when he feels like a side of beef. Clearly, yeah. Get him on a hook. That's fine. That's fine hoisting. I thought you were going to go a different direction, because, I mean, honestly, I'm going to introduce it now, because I can't go longer (laughs) without saying it. Fred goes on a power trip of bribing the boys with Scooby Snacks, or, as they're called in this episode, Sorcerer Snacks. We are getting an introduction here to the idea of how the gang bribe Shaggy and Scooby with Scooby Snacks. But holy shit, the way that it's introduced here, Fred just seems like such an asshole. He's, he's withholding these snacks. He is, and I, I guess this is something that has happened the whole time, but they've introduced it here with the idea of such cruelty. I will use you with these. It's not... Because what, what was your impression of Scooby Snacks in earlier eras? Just in terms of how they're used? Yeah. Bribery? It's always been bribery. It's always been bribery, but not like this. See, Daphne doesn't like it. Daphne... Fred says that he is making Shaggy and Scooby do things they wouldn't normally do with the promise of a, a snack, and they define it much more thoroughly, and Daphne's like, you literally defined bribery. Mm-hmm. I'd say, actually, you literally defined extortion, personally. Is what I would say, because, like, Daphne defines bribery as giving someone, like, X object to get them to do something that they would never do. Positive reinforcement. It's like, hey, uh, Shaggy and Scooby, if you go and investigate that dark corner, you'll get your insulin shot. That's kind of how it feels here, where Fred is, like, withholding something. But it's not anything important. Shaggy and Scooby could just say, no, we're adults, and we're not going to be bribed by dog food. (laughs) Like... I guess. I don't know. Through the circumstances of the episode, I would say that Fred goes on an extortion power trip, not a bribery power trip. Do you you think it's right that, like, is, is this the right take on what's been happening all along? That it's bribery? Like, what's your problem with it this? It feels bad. This is everything? feels bad, man. It just feels bad. Why? Because Fred's like stepping on them instead of just maybe getting them to dress up as old ladies or something. Yeah, I think it's the dehumanizing factor of it. Maybe they deserve it. <laughs> One of them's not even human. That's true. You cannot dehumanize. Who is technically not human. You cannot dehumanize that which is not human. I would, honestly, this is something I would love for our listeners to uh, tweet us about. I want to know how you felt about the Scooby Snacks and their use in this episode. Because it ju- it feels so dirty. Fred also, uh, he takes a man's shoes. The man gives him the shoes. But then he puts them on. 
Does he? He does. I don't recall this. Oh, no. You cut, it cuts back. The, there's a security guard. And he's like, okay, you want to do my job? All right. Here's my badge. Here's my gun. Here's my shoes. And then it cuts away. And then when it cuts back to him, Fred is just admiring the shoes on his feet. But he was given them. He didn't take them. You don't. <laughs> You wear another man's shoes like that, though. Like, it really felt like the man was giving up on himself, on his life. And Fred was just like, cool, thanks. Heartless Fred Jones. Um, well, I mean, I was saving this for minor mentions, but the security guard named Milton is a is a pissy little bitch boy. And if he's going to throw a temper tantrum every time someone tries to coordinate anything with him. Yeah, heartlessly take yeah, this bitch's I mean, he's, shoes. He's, I will not defend the actual security guard. He is kind of shitty. But it just, I don't know. Not loving Fred, and it feels bad to not love Fred. Shaggy and Scooby. What about them? They've heard about these new sorcerer snacks. And they kind of like them. How are they new, but also the best seller on the market? And the best snack ever? And immediately being discontinued. Well, you could have a a new song that's number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Like, it could be just released, but oh my god, they're fantastic. I don't know, I'm not buying it. I feel like, especially with the executive at the beginning, being like, oh, I love the new commercial. How many new commercials are you pumping out for the same product? For, for a new product where they want to really hit it home and pump it hard? I can see a big commercial blast. You remember the 90s? There were so yeah. many different commercials. Uh, yeah, for like Mentos. Everything else just used the same commercial that they produced in 91 until 98. Uh, no, <laughs> like... no, there was more. Like, I'm imagining, and it might just be cereals again, but there was like ongoing narratives within the cereal commercials. <laughs> there, there were sagas of the Trix Rabbit. And the Lucky oh, Charms Leprechaun. Oh, stop talking about tricks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Trying to make a point, but I don't care, because all this asshole ever talks about is trick it cereal. It used to be. It was the worst cereal on the market. It tasted like nuclear waste. No, it tasted like fruit. No, it didn't. It, re it tasted like burning. Tricks was the worst. <laughs> when they eat these sorcerer snacks... Shaggy and Scooby sort of go to a mind place and they imagine themselves within famous painting. Yeah, I don't understand how this is supposed to show me how something tastes. It, it feels like eating food is, is their true art, like their taste. Like maybe this was their, their ratatouille moment where they, they tasted that for the first time and it, it really gave them a, a mind trip into an experience. Uh, yeah, Remy's mind trip was about food. They go into, like, the scream painting. Yeah, but uh, it's How like, does that tell me what anything tastes like? It's art, baby. They do realize, partway through this episode... I'm that leaving that big, long pause I understand. In. There's no reason not to leave that pause in. They <laughs> realize they're in a snack circle. That they're, like, in their own personal K-hole. Like a circle jerk? <laughs> what, what was it? No, like a K-hole. Like, you know, after you've done the the K-drug, and you're in, it's been a long time since I've... It's been a long time since we've done ketamine, Billy. You'll ketamine, that was it. Special no. K, yeah. What was the book? Or the movie? 24-Hour Party People. That's... It was both. Party Monster? Are you Party trying Monst to talk about Is that it? With 
Macaulay Culkin. Yes. And yes, with Macaulay Culkin. Seth Green. I'm thinking of Macaulay Culkin's K hole. It's a it's a loop. Was that it? Was that what a K hole was? I don't remember. <laughs> no, I got. I no. Look, you just describe it as a rut. <laughs> They're in a snack-induced rut. Snack-induced circle jerk, yeah. if you will. They, that's well, <laughs> what... You, sorry. When you call it a circle jerk, that implies that a circle jerk is like some sort of Mobius strip where no one can leave. And <laughs> Isn't that kind of what they are? No, it's like, that's just like synchronized swimming. <laughs> Who haven't we talked about? Uh, uh, Daphne, I think. We were on Shaggy and Scooby, you bitch. We just started. I don't really have anything else to say about them. So if you could, like, leave this charge. Okay, well, I didn't really have anything either. I guess I can talk about uh, when they act as bait as factory workers. Because I want to point out here, it's more two-legged Scooby. Be Cool Scooby-Doo has put Scooby-Doo in clothes and made him two-legged far more than any other series that I can remember. And there's just something about it, something about his very human body that feels at odds with everything I'd kind of heard about this series that was supposed to be making Scooby-Doo more dog-like. Well, oh my god, all I ever heard about from, like, creators and writers and shit was like, oh, we only, we tried to limit Scooby to five words an episode. That's just a fucking lie. Like, where did I hear this total lie it of might a have, quote? It might have been five words per sentence, but, like, that's that's a regular length sentence. All Scooby does I is... I went to the library. Be a human. It's terrible. <laughs> okay, so now, now let's talk about Daphne, now that we're both exhausted of the boys. Why is she so against snack bribery? Uh, see, I'm okay with it because I think somebody needed to be the voice of reason here, especially against the way that Fred was talking. Why couldn't the voice of reason be Shaggy that, not accepting the bribe? Or, like, begging them to stop. Humanize them that way. Daphne has always been the one to hand out the snacks. Yeah. She's never had a moral problem with it because she understands this is a dog treat. Like... You've always... Dogs get dog dogs treats. Dogs do get dog treats, That's that is true. That's the point. I mean, Shaggy didn't have to start eating them, but he chose that lifestyle because he's gross. Yeah. So this is, this is his own well, fault. Well, it, it made sense to me because if Daphne is the one who is against the misuse of bribery, it's almost like she is the one who won't be corrupted by the power of the Scooby Snacks. She is the one that can hold on to them and use them responsibly. You know, just, They're cheeses. They are cheeses. They don't yes. need to be used responsibly. Well, some would argue against you. The cheese it counts. So my credit card needs to be used responsibly, but it wasn't today because I got a big stuffy. <laughs> That's what I want to talk about now. I don't want to talk about this stupid we can, series anymore. <laughs> we can take. We'll take a little break from Scooby Doo. We'll do a little podcast within a podcast to talk about your big koala. He's soft. As a donut, and I love him. <laughs> hug the koala for a little bit. Let the listeners hear that hug. Episodes filled with a lot of long <laughs> pauses. I have I have nothing else for that. Uh, well, she she understands high level marketing because she tells the business owner that discontinuing your best product is bad business. Tell that to Coke in the eighties. 
They bring out new coke, get everyone itching for old coke, and now we're all fucking addicted to it. <laughs> Without the cocaine. I know. They're saving millions of dollars not putting cocaine in it. All they had to do was introduce new coke in the yeah. 80s. Now we're all in sea holes of our own. <laughs> well, see, that... I was trying to make a joke that would feel dirty, but when I say sea hole, I just imagine something that, like, eels are going into. So the, Mur the Murianus Trench is a sea hole. What are you going on about, like, 75% of the time? <laughs> My own mind. Uh, she, oh, we also, another, uh, I have a few notes of how Daphne is rich. Because she says, anything under a $50 bill and it ain't a real money bath, right? No one, no one feels her on that. Here we go, eat the rich. She is the only one who took a money bath. Big Earl from the last episode is first, but Daphne Blake is second. Yeah, that that wasn't just like she comes from money. That was she has been irresponsibly rich. She does, and I I admire this. She loves the commitment to the bit with the puppeteer. She meets the puppeteer, and she is able to actually engage with a passion of puppetry with someone who is equally engaged. And this is healthy. This is fine. It's not her saying, ooh, I got a puppet. It's in your face, even though you don't care about it. It's two puppeteers seeing eye to eye. Maybe Daphne should have been left here. Yeah, I've been saying that episode after episode. Maybe Daphne should have been left in the last episode. Uh, and she does make good use of her puppet gang in the, in the chase sequence. Uh, when the gang is running away from the sorcerer, and then the puppet gang is running away from the puppet sorcerer. I've, and then that confuses the sorcerer somehow, but I enjoyed that. I think that's all I got for the gang. So let's talk about these minor mentions. Sammy Sampson, CEO of Sorcerer Snacks, built his factory on land cursed by a sorcerer. And thought to name his new product after that sorcerer. Yeah, well, look at the Redskins. This is just what white people do. He is overly positive, even though he is despondent. That's what they taught you in CEO school. Yes. He went to special CEOs. I mean, I'm sure there is CEO school. No, there's not CEO school. What no, am I saying? It's fucking nepotism and privilege. Yeah. Uh, there's also an unspeaking character, Beverly of Beverly's Bites. We just see her from across the way, uh, you know, enjoying her money bath and pulling a Miley Cyrus on a wrecking ball. Clo fully clothed. Uh, then there's Milton, the pissy bitch boy. <laughs> the head of security. And puppet master Piero. Piero the puppeteer, who, you know, I wrote here, he's very committed to the bit. Annoyingly so. Yeah. Because, like, there's a point. Like, I get it. When a puppet's talking to you, you do talk to the puppet, not the puppeteer. But when you are investigating a crime, you put the puppet down and you talk to the I would say if a puppet started talking at me, and I was not a, a contracted actor on Sesame Street, I would not talk to the fucking puppet. I, w I would if that I was- That would be like looking at a baby and being like, how old are you? And just waiting for the parent to speak through the baby to you. You would ask the parent how old the baby is. You just need puppet permission. You need permission to impose your puppets on people. And even then, you know, Jim Henson, you could still talk to Jim Henson. He wouldn't say, you're talking to Kermit right now. No, because he, he wasn't would, a nut job. He knew he was there. You could talk to Jim Henson or you could talk to Kermit. Every fucking person in the Be Cool universe is certifiably insane. 
should all be in straight jackets in a padded cell being drugged out of their fucking minds because they're all a danger to society and themselves. But here's the thing about this particular episode. The sorcerer himself, I found quite good. This is a, uh, a Yen Sid sorcerer's apprentice type sorcerer, uh, a snack mascot turned bad. He, he has a presence to him. He is aged. He, he murmurs in an old tongue whenever he's casting spells. There is a gravitas to him. He, he sells it. He appears as like a, a genuine sorcerer. And I really respect that. There have not been a lot of, you know, commitments to the bit in Be Cool Scooby-Doo. This one felt like the sorcerer was actually here to scare you and fuck shit up. Well, who is it that's committed to this bit? It is Piero. Because he, as we know, he is committed to bits. He didn't want to be fired as the puppeteer of the little sorcerer. So he decided to dress up as a sorcerer and control animatronic furniture and machines with the remote in and his staff. shut down the whole factory so that he didn't have a job. Yeah. Because that's what he set out for, to not have a job. Fucking idiot. So that's not, that's not feasible. Unless you're okay. like, I'm angling for a new job. Where I'm just a sorcerer that haunts the abandoned factory. Billy, let's talk about feasibility in terms of what he's... Like, the master criminal plan is obviously ass backwards. Feasibility is a no, because his magic Wi-Fi staff yeah. works on leather chairs. So unless there is a Wi-Fi signal coming off of everything in this building, if everything is a smart Google device... Which that's it's not going to fucking that's work. somewhat plausible, but no, my my it's not, my really? a fucking chair. I mean, nowadays what they're doing in California, it's crazy. But what I what I was saying is that it's probably more likely that Piero went in and in installed things in okay, all of these chairs. So is he a fucking Silicon Valley tech genius or is he a puppet person? Okay, you can't be both, Piero. He's he's into the, that advanced puppetry, that dark crystal shit. No, that's not puppetry. I, you know what? I'm the biggest Henson fan in the world. I could not watch the dark crystal. Boring and that stupid. Is, it's my shame. I, I just zoned out. So, terror scale for the sorcerer. He's so bland looking. He is absolutely, you know, they didn't color him in. They they created, if this was the 70s, this is the type of sorcerer they would come up with. I gave him points for mumbling shit in a language that isn't English, because I'm always put off by English-speaking monsters that should not be speaking English. But he's so bland-looking. Still, I have a feeling he's going to end up being one of my favorite villains from this season of Be Cool Scooby-Doo. So I'm, I'm going to go up there for this season. I'm going to give him a 7. I had him at a four when I was feeling really charitable yesterday, and I'm going to take it down to like a two or a three now that I've talked about it. <laughs> Fair enough. And you and your fucking smart chairs. Don't take those chairs into account. Do you have any other general thoughts and feelings on this episode? Did they do, did they redo Backstage Rage or not? I, like, what I, the I, fuck is the point of this, we're kind of pulling old villains <sighs> shit? I would say no. Generally, I would say that this does not have... A close enough connection to Backstage Rage to call this a remake. I would say there's maybe a small reference to the puppeteer having a similar sounding name. 
but overall it is so completely different. And clearly, the motivation for this episode was, let's show the origin of Scooby Snacks. And we've seen the origin of, of Scooby Snacks, the snack, in other series before. This is the first time we've seen an origin of how they are used by Mystery Incorporated. Yeah, Sorcerer Snacks become Scooby Snacks at the end of this episode, which is something that I called within three seconds of this episode opening. I didn't. And I actually didn't really realize that we're not using Scooby Snacks at all in this series prior to this point. Just goes to show how much else there is to distract me. <laughs> so I feel like I need to ask this. Is this episode a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? I don't know. Like, Scooby maybe in the very low range. So, like, real close to a Scooby-Don't, but I'm gonna throw you a fucking bone. Well, I <laughs> And the people that like this series for some god-unknown reason. I'm only going to a maybe for this one as well, because what they do with the Scooby snacks, I did have, like, a lot of trouble reconciling. But that sorcerer was, for be cool Scooby-Doo, cool as shit. <laughs> so... That's that's what I give it. Our next episode is Saga of the Swamp Beast. So at least we kind of have an idea of what location we're heading towards. A lot of pauses in this one. A lot of pauses. Listeners, we can be found on Twitter. I am at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia. And we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. I don't know what else to say about this. Um, then don't say anything. I want to be done. I know. I'm. Just... And on that note. That's it from Scooby Doobie. To Scooby Doobie. Weird. There was like a static in the air that ended as soon as I finished howling. My hard drive spinning. Oh. Because it hates listening to you. <laughs> <laughs>